to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren-Smith and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, AJ Sharp, who we describe as a taste expert. Wouldn't we all like to be that? Uh, and basically, she goes around tasting stuff. That's her job. She's a judge for the Great Taste Awards, loads of other awards, food writer, MD of shop relations. And today, we're talking about meaty snacks. We've got loads in, loads in front of us, haven't we? I'm so excited about this you're, show, you're I have always, to be honest. You're always excited. <laughs> um, True. So um, it's really interesting for me because we've got two guests who were on the show about... I don't know, 2016 or something like that. Uh, I have to say, they both look a little bit older, slightly (laughs) grey around the edges. Why, Uh, talking to you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, these brands have come on since since you were last here. So I've got Nick Coleman of Snaffling Pig. Hi, Nick. Hello, thank you for having me. That's all right. And uh, Will Yates of Billy Franks. Yes, hello. Both, I would say, brands that are quite well known now. See them out and around, do you? Yeah, absolutely. So if I can just talk to you first, Nick, um, uh, you were sort of famed for making pork scratchings. Pork scratching sexy, I would say. Ooh, that's, oh, that's... <laughs> famed for that. You, <laughs> like you, that on my tombstone. You may, you, may lo- you may use that marketing line if you want, free of charge. Um, and uh, obviously that was a big thing for you. And what you were trying to do is, is source really responsibly, get great quality into... Uh, a, a snack that was traditionally pretty rubbish and I didn't even know what you used to like they were like toenails basically salty toenails and and uh, <laughs> so just tell us a little bit about how how your sort of pork crackling development has gone since I last saw you the journey it, it's been a phenomenal journey I think when, when you start out in business you have these high aspirations for changing the world and I think you know we've been uh, we've had our back against the wall a number of times we've had to roll with the punches you've had things like covid that have interfered and you've just kind of got to duck and dive so we're, we're by no means on the same trajectory that we had hoped for met those six seven years ago but we have uh, stuck to the same kind of ethos of, of developing products that we love developing products that we would eat uh, taking that kind of pork porky goodness to the to the new generation and making it exciting for people and and coming away from that kind of old historic image of you know middle-aged men in pubs eating hairy scratchings and actually developing a product that, that we love um, and that's what that's what we've done and you know we bought with you today to for you to try so most most of your stuff is it would be sold at food service, uh, uh, pubs, restaurant clubs. So COVID must have really hurt. It was painful. I, I'll be honest. It's just one of many things that yeah, have been painful. Yeah, yeah. Um, COVID just it has to be quite topical at the time. But um, I think you know, for us, the, the reason why we're doing well is because we duck and dive, and we 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 know that the the benefit of being a small business is that ability to change and evolve. 
So we you've got to do it quickly, haven't you? You I really mean, have. And if you're a larger company and you have to sit within a committee and wait for everybody's diary to be free and then you do this and then you make a decision and you don't do it for another few weeks, I mean, it's too late. It's it, just too late. It's, it's the comparison you've between like an old change. tanker and a dinghy. You yeah, know, we're you've the got dinghy. We've got our, you know, we're out on the trapeze. We're having a lot of fun. We're getting really wet. We're making loads of mistakes. Yeah. It's um, easy to sink. It's a lot easier to sink. It's far more fun than being up in some air-conditioned yeah. uh, bridge so yeah. um yeah so we're in many different channels i guess that's the reason for our success you've got direct to consumer you've got convenience you've got supermarkets you've got pubs and it's really important to do that in order to spread the risk isn't it because we we don't know what's going to happen out there uh, um and you can't foresee some of it no matter how great you are at planning so so spreading that all around um is, is really important we're going to look at all the different products in a minute i think um will uh has, has that been the same for you, Billy Franks? Same uh, yes, sort of story? Yes, almost mirror image, Identical, I yeah. <laughs> um, especially with the, you know, all the troubles with COVID and stuff. And the, um, imagine your, everything went online sort of quite quickly and all the retail sort of dropped down a bit. Yep. And, um, so that was a good, I guess, curve for us to expand into Amazon and see yep. our Ocado sales jump up. And, um, and so just, in a way, it forced you to go that way? Well, there's um, no choice in many respects. So at the time before COVID, I guess pubs and craft beer bars was our sort of main yep. customer focus, uh, especially because we make everything in Bermondsey on the beer mile. We've always been surrounded by breweries and stuff. So when all the pubs closed, they stopped ordering the jerky. One thing we did during COVID was convert the front of our unit, our manufacturing uh, premises into a craft beer bar. So we now open that at the weekends to sell the jerky with, mm, with very beers cool. and stuff. So that was... During COVID was a, a bottle shop, a click and collect, uh, all sorts of different things. And now we have outdoor seat and yeah. people come and enjoy. And in some respects, I mean, I was reading another article at the weekend, you know, people do slag off uh, technology and the internet and isn't the, isn't the World Wide Web an awful thing? And you're thinking, well, to be honest, guys, if it wasn't it's for that, we'd, all, we'd have been yeah. really in a mess. If, Everyone's if like, COVID, oh, QR codes. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, great. They, yeah. they got us through it. If so. COVID was 20 years ago, I'd, I can't even imagine what would yeah. have happened, frankly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people can work from home and do stuff. And, and it did allow you very quickly uh, to change. Um, yeah, especially there's only it's me and my wife and you know staff during the week making the jerky, but ultimately yep. we make the decisions. We do what you want. Yeah, mm, brilliant. So Nick, let's go back to Snaffling Pig. Um, so when you started, uh, you were on a mission to have of quality porky bits. What was your first product? Do we have it here still? Uh, we, it was the salted crackling. Actually, it's not even there anymore. It, it was uh, uh, right at the very beginning. We I've always got. You've got salt and vinegar, vinegar there. Cracking, Great taste yeah. award winner, that one. Uh, yeah. I know, I've award. already spotted them all. <laughs> <laughs> we, what we wanted to do is take the best bits of the pork, the pig. Uh, we wanted to double cook it so it was kind of more teeth friendly. We wanted teeth to friendly. <laughs> season it with great <laughs> tasty ingredients. It's a very simple product. There's nowhere to hide. So therefore, the only two ingredients you've got is the seasoning and, and the pig itself. So uh, move we just away from the Mike Frank. It's going to be quite. Oh, hard. that's the beauty of these products is they're very audible. Yeah, it's like the Kit Kat. You know, you can you know that sound. Snap. This is for saffling pig. It's that crunch is what mm. we want to hear. Because there's a difference isn't there between scratchings and crackling there or, is, or is yeah, yeah there very is very exciting difference yeah. uh, scratchings are cooked once so they're quite hard yeah uh, typically it's the back of the pig crackling is cooked twice and it's the shank so then it's predominantly the, the top of the the rear leg uh, and we cook that twice we do a flash fryer the second time around nice and so these are all crack all crackling this is all crackling we do a scratching which is in tesco's uh, we did that because that's what tesco's wanted and and you know i think when you're bringing out a range of products it's really important that you you also look after the more discerning traditional customer as well well uh, but we do have the range of crackling and we also have our porky puffs which are puffed up no so it's like i'm a just waver. about as, as a person that's a 
famously likes Watsits, despite the fact that obviously I'm a very, very important foodie <laughs> that appreciates good food. I don't know, I've got a thing about Watsits. So I'm interested in your porky puffs. Porky puffs. Which a bit I, quaverish, aren't they? They, they are. are they? I, I don't think I'm illegally allowed to say the meaty quaver. I'm sure I'll be, be sued for that. Um, we don't care. So we spell quaver differently. Uh, and, and what we love about these is that these are very light. They're very crunchy. Uh, and if you're following a particular type of diet, we don't overly shout it, but it's actually very good for like the keto diets as well. So very high in protein, lots and lots of fat in there, uh, minimal salt as Thank well. So. Just and offering nice. well one there. If you are following the keto diet, the thing you always lack is that crunch because you can't have anything that crunches. So this is a nice... This is it. This has definitely got the crunch. It's got the crunch, you want. isn't it? Mm. We had a lot of fun with this product. We brought out a cookbook and we had about 40 recipes of how you could add this into things. Uh, so, you know, sprinkling on top of a salad instead of a crouton was oh, really good. Yeah, um, really Or sprinkle on top of a, um, a brownie. Uh, <laughs> so was a, we do a maple crackling sprinkled on chocolate brownie. So you kind of get that salted caramel texture to it. Mm. That's all right. I love all right. the texture. <laughs> That's really nice. I, yeah. So much lighter than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Like the kind of melts in the mouth. Chicharrones. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the chicharrones is the most widely consumed snack in the world. It's one of the oldest snacks in the world. It's a couple of thousand years old. Us Brits, we, we think we invented it. And I, I really wish we did. Uh, there's we stories that it's in the black country and it's from the Industrial Revolution. And everyone in the Midlands had a pig. And that is true. But the, the Spanish invented it many years before that. Uh, and which is why if you go to Cuba, for example, you'll see a, um, a Cuban version of me just uh, selling uh, chicharrones <laughs> on the yeah. street corners and they taste delicious. They're generally much larger as well. So you'll kind of get them the size of your head. Which oh, I think oh, is wow. So wow. Cool. <laughs> you just break bits off and yeah, share it. it yeah. mm. Oh, wow. And that's... So I can never say that. Sriracha. Chicharrones. Oh, the sriracha. sriracha. So, so I can I, say I can it, now, can't spell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've now got that a little bit of heat afterwards for you. Yeah, it's lovely. It's quite a gentle mm. kind of four or five second burn, isn't it? And then it just lasts for a long time Thank on you. the palate. Really I'd really like, like to sprinkle that in a salad. It's so yeah. good. Oh, on top of tacos. <gasps> yeah. That's a good idea yeah, as well. Nice. Yes, yeah, very good. And where can we get these from? So we're in pretty much every supermarket. Uh, Tesco, Sainsbury's, Asda, Morrison's. Um, the really good pubs sell us. Uh, so um, people like Green King, Stonegate, Enterprise Inns or EI. So everywhere is what you're saying. We're trying to Just get everywhere. We're now the uh, second largest um, brand in the UK for pork snacks. Uh, wow. Which we wow. work really hard to get to. Um, number one is... I went, you know, they're Mr. Porky. We all know their name. Uh, but um, we've, we're, they're hot in our uh, sights, really, and we're, we're going after them. <laughs> and uh, I'm just looking at this. So you've also got the Pig of Doom. Pig of Doom. What is that? It's a ghost chili. So it's ghost the, uh, I can never pronounce it properly, the Choco Nava. Choco Yeah, that one. So this is one of the hottest chilies in the world. It was... Superseded when they managed to splice two hotter chilies together in some kind of genetic modified version, super chili. So this is kind of a very natural chili, very very hot. So it's a kind of over. Definitely a... not tasting that one. <laughs> that one. End of the day. <laughs> and then you've got our chorizo bites. So this is an example of you know, during COVID, where we kind of wanted to um, spin something else out that was uh, complementary to our existing brand. And so we we have a wonderful producer uh, down in Spain who produces these for us. Um, beautiful chorizo bites with a lovely hint. So they're of like little mini chorizos, but bite size. They are yeah. indeed, yeah, absolutely fantastic. We don't target these at children. My kid absolutely <laughs> loves these things. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. So you'll get these in pretty much most Tesco stores now. Um, and it's just a wonderful way of extent, like t making the brand come out of pork, pork crackling into another pork rated snack as well. And peanuts. Yeah. You're peanuts. really going into a whole bunch of... Well, I think the, the thing where Snaffling Pig, uh, the beauty of where we are is that we ha we're a brand that doesn't take itself too seriously. 
And we love indulging snacks and, and having that, basically what we're doing now, sitting around a table, having a great conversation and just enjoying ourselves, not worrying about calories, not calorie counting or anything like that. So we want to continue to bring out products that kind of bring out the best in people and get people talking. Because it feels very Mediterranean somehow. You know, you're sitting outside, well, I could say that when the weather's hot here, you know, sitting outside, I don't know, somehow you've got a nice beer. You're not drinking to excess, but you're just lazily sitting in an afternoon, all talking rubbish, obviously, yeah. with each other. That's the sort of thing you want in the middle, isn't it? Uh, it is. uh, uh, something like a little chorizo, something or some something quite spicy salty peanuts and, or something yeah. salty. Yeah. yeah, I'd much rather that. I think. Yeah, it reminds me of that kind of aperitivo mm. that you get in Italy. Exactly. The yeah. salty food comes out, and you just order more and more aperol spritz, and it sounds wonderful. <laughs> I think your know, food gets people talking, and, yeah. and yeah. you know. People don't do enough talking anymore. That even mention you know, on your phone. AJ does. But <coughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> we hate the fact that you know you sit there and, and you get go to dinner and you see people on their phones. That drives me no. mad. Yeah. I think it's the rudest thing ever. Well, well I do take photos of my food. Sorry about that as well. Yeah, but I I went to a, a restaurant the other night and and this this couple who presumably were married or you know in a long term relationship just to speak to each other the whole evening, hmm. and when I looked over. Way to the toilet, so I was thinking, what's he looking at his phone? He's looking at women on his phone. I was thinking, you did such a horrible. Person. I think I know why you're married. Yeah, you're suffering. Exactly. It's, like, oh, it's so sad, isn't it? Because mm. food for me is, you know, a great excuse to chat and it is talk and about things. Best times in life have, have an argument or I don't know whatever it is around a table, mm. enjoying themselves and and just 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 yeah, gorging. I guess yeah. snaffling for you. Yeah. So. sharing is caring. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and 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 so for Billy Franks, is it the same type of thing for you? I'm gonna have a taste. Um, of these. Yeah, quite similar. I mean, I didn't so start out jerky. To, didn't Do you start want to explain out to what jerky is? Yes, yeah, so jerky or jerky is from. I grew up in the States, so for me, it was jerky. Had, a, had I grown up in South Africa, it would have been biltong or Asia, bakwa or something. Yep. Yeah. Um, so with jerky, the sort of Native Americans hundreds of years ago would kill a buffalo or a bison or, you know, leave the strips of meat out on a rock to naturally dry in the sun. So no preservatives, no sugars. And then they would go off for weeks on sort of hunting trips. That was their survival snack. Got instant protein. Either rehydrate it in a stew or just eat it for like nourishment high protein um kind of snacks and then fast forward to present day i started making it at home as a hobby and just to kind of recreate the stuff i used to have as a kid in texas um and then suddenly it was in the supermarkets and people sort of began to know what it was and look out for it and ask for it even in pubs or delis and stuff so, so i remember going to zambia a long long time ago so my, my husband used to work out this we used to go there quite a bit and it's like what is built on yeah I'd... and it, it would literally be hanging some people just peg it on the washing yeah, line to dry it to, out. <laughs> to jerky in terms of the end result, but ultimately yeah. they're both dried meat snacks. So the dried meat, so so how do you do it? Do, do you so, speed the drying process up? Presumably? Yeah, so with jerky, the, the meat is all sliced up raw first, and then you make a wet marinade, you soak the strips in overnight, and then each individual strip is put onto sort of trays and racks, and now we have trolleys that go into a machine and dry it. Air dried at sort of 66 degrees for six or seven hours, depending on how much we put in for the day. Um, but that all started with a tiny 35-pound dehydrator in our one-bedroom flat. Wow. Um, and much to the excitement of my <laughs> wife, we moved it out and sort of steadily grew into the, the sort imagine. of bigger premises we have now. Yeah. Mm. Is it quite aromatic to be in the room where it's happening? 
yes, people walk in, especially at the weekends, quite often go in early on a Saturday, fill the machines at the back of the arch, so that when people come into the bar, they're like, oh, what's that? What's that smell? Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. This is jerky yeah. we make here, that's what you can smell. And, uh, so what you'll get with um, with jerky or, or biltong is it's very dry. So it's very dry. Give it a bit of a chew. Give it a good chew. You let then your saliva the, rehydrate it. The saliva, then... Your saliva actually rehydrates it in your mouth. Yes. And that's when you start releasing the flavour. So yeah, definitely taste. Which one is this that? One. This uh, one's um, cheese. Oh, that's, cheese my, that's my Willy Wonka. That was a drunken night. I came home and Quite said, like it. <laughs> I'm, I "Well, yeah, you'll you'll get a hit from pickles to start yeah. with. I got really get the pickles. To then you get the tang from the ketchup and the mustard and the sort of subtle cheese note at the end. Yeah. But when you've actually sort of swallowed it, to me, it sort of coats your mouth like you just takes you back to your childhood versus McDonald's sort of mm. thing. It's weird. The, it's a nice flavor, actually. The, the final mm. cheese flavor, it's right. considering it's is it artificial? I mean, how? Have no, you it's an organic that? white cheddar powder. Oh, is we it? whisk it into the marinade. Cool. Mm. It's mm. actually more moist than I was expecting it to be, though. It's it's yeah. It's it's not completely drying because you can have. We use two different cuts of meat. One is extremely lean, and the other one has some little fat elements in it. Yeah, you're getting that a little bit in there. Yeah, mm. too much fat because it's like if you're just making it for yourself to eat at home, knock yourself out, go with a. You know, some sort of fatty cut to really get the flavor. Yeah. Because we're, you know, ambient shelf lives and trying to keep it as fresh as it can be in a packet for a longer amount of time, as naturally as we can. Fat doesn't dehydrate like the meat, so it wouldn't last yeah, you know, gotcha. forever. And the, and the interesting thing is, is, is actually... It's very high protein, as you would expect, um, but it's not particularly calorific, and also it's great if you if you're gluten free. Well, um, yeah, so yeah. our protein levels are about twice that as you would find in most supermarkets, because um, we have five or six times less sugar. Yeah, some of the stuff I refer to as beef Haribo, which is just oh please very, don't thirty five percent sugar. Ours are like three to seven percent sugar, hmm. um, which in turn means it's a higher protein, so we can. Aim it at different markets away from the pub side, like you said earlier, you know, sort of versatile. It, yeah. So we've used to supply the FA with the, the men's senior under 21s and the women's team during the World Cup in Russia. We've sent pallets out there for them to wow. eat for a couple of years. Um, uh, MMA boxers, that sort of thing, they'll yep. use it. Um, but I just think it goes really well with the beer. So. I think it's the same as yours, isn't it, really? Isn't it? Yeah. It's absolutely delicious. Love mm. it. Mm. I've never eaten it so slowly, actually, because I didn't want to make a noise on yeah. the microphone. But <laughs> That's the, the way to do it. It's so yeah. much better, isn't it? Just, yeah. As you said, let your saliva... I can imagine when people it. like used to chew tobacco or something like that, just to get, you know, just for something for their mouth to do and, yeah. and also to, you know, to get saliva going. This is like a sort of meditative mm. sort of... Do you know what I mean by that? Where, where you know, you just uh, sit there lazily, chewing away. Slower pace of life. It's a good workout I'll for your joy. I'll have a beer now, yeah. But we do Excellent. have a couple that have... We, I think we're sort of the first ones to retail a sort of, we call them a British boozy jerky. Yeah. So that one there. This one's beef and citrus IPA. Yes. So that's marinated. Yeah, depending on which brewery might be selling it in the tap room, we can use their beers yep. to infuse the jerky. That's good. Um, and the same with the pork and cider one. We use a local cider maker, uh, cider maker that's just down the road from us. Gotta ask about this. I've just so been. You've just opened the tucking in, yeah, so tasting that, everything as usual. Right. But we have so many plant-based yeah, so kind of guests who come we make on. A vegan and jerky because we work with the UK brewery tours, and when they come to our arch at the weekends, and we talk about jerky and it's you know everything. We found there's a couple of people each week who didn't eat meat. Mm, of course. So, and this is before COVID. I'd go into the kitchen, make something, get some feedback the next week, back and forth, back and forth. So there was somebody that I enjoyed eating that I would buy or. 
or want to enjoy with a with a drink. And, God, uh, spicy. So we, oh. Yeah, that's the sweet chipotle. That's the smoked jalapenos in that I one. Like you it. see, that is why I'm not vegan. <laughs> well, this is like I think you mentioned. I think you've done a really um, great job there. But it's not definitely for you know 100% vegans. It's some people like mm. they're the same customers as our meat ones, yeah. but like I, we don't eat meat on a Monday, so I'll have a packet of vegan jerky on so a Monday. It's a real flavorful snack, though, isn't it? Yeah. There's a lot it's of different good. layers in there. Not trying to in any way, shape, or form replicate the taste of meat no so it's not no you haven't tried to it's do not that vegan all, beef jerky it's no. vegan jerky so it's air dried like you would do a bakwa which is an asian style jerky made with mince meat so we basically make a mince from vegan ingredients so like beans and soy mince, and black things. beans quinoa bulgur wheat and green lentils nice is the main trying to get the texture as well and the protein mm. and then and dry then it out sweeten it with apples and apricots and spice it with smoked jalapenos cool mm. and it looks and feels I know nobody on the listening can see it, but you know, try to look as much as feel like jerky. Yeah. Do you do a vegan uh, thing, Smuffling Pig? Peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Even yeah. that's coated in Duh. honey. <laughs> uh, we, sorry, yes. how stupid of me. We so it's it's a it's a debate we've had for for many years, and it's not that we 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 embrace the the pig and we we love creating pork crackling flavors, and we want to kind of keep pushing that. I think we're not just going to do something just because there's a trend in it, and we yeah. always think you know there's micro trends in in, in beef and pork and, and chicken, so we're going to stick to that but we ha we are in the process of looking at some options because it, you mentioned about you know spreading your risk you know it would be foolish of us just to ignore the mega trend mm -hmm. and it we if we can do something that does appeal to people who want to cut back on their meat consumption but are meat eaters you know we're never going to 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 um encourage actual vegans to, to consume our products but if you want to cut out meat on a monday uh, and replace it you know, with, with a different type of product then then why not uh, but it has to adhere to everything else we believe in which is yeah. about indulgent snacking but both of you are in a market where it's not going to sit down and have this every day it's not it's not dinner you know or lunch it is it is a snack you know at certain occasions um i was going to give you some facts actually well you probably know this already beef jerky is particularly high in several micronutrients it is including magnesium b12 uh, zinc and iron. You could theoretically survive for an extended period on jerky alone. I think I do. Probably. Think <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, and elsewhere in the world, quality jerky is made from a variety of animals, including yak. Yeah. Really. Kangaroo. I've, alligator. I've made horse jerky before. Oh, please. Sell that in France. Venison, elk, buffalo, and boar. Yeah, yeah. Made so, so I'm presuming it's any meat that's quite lean. Literally, yeah. We yeah. The one we don't have today is actually our bestseller, and that's a turkey jerky. Turkey um, jerky. I filled the mm -hmm. machines up this morning before I came here because it's obviously we have six beef flavors. We make more beef, but yeah, I assumed in, it had to be red meat. In, in no, not at all. In terms of uh, individual skews, our buffalo hot wing turkey jerky is our number one wow. seller. Wow. Um, especially on Ocado and Zap, which is a like a mobile. How is the texture different with turkey? Um, it's not that much different. Less fibres sort yeah. of thing. But ultimately, it's, you know, once you remove the moisture, it's quite similar. Same with the, we do a pork insider one. So the pork is the same nice. sort of end product. Um, I'm going to give you some um, some stuff about pork scratchings now. I know you don't do, well, you do do, you do crackling, not scratchings. But anyway, um, quite possibly the oldest snack on earth. Oh, I said that. So you were right. You got <laughs> it right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, invented by the Spanish thousands of years ago, as you said, okay. not invented by the British chaps. Um, but uh, as as we all know, people quite often used to live with a pig because that would keep them going all through the winter, which is, again, another thing that you quite rightly identified. Um, and that went back to sort of 1800s um, where people would be feeding them up for slaughter and literally had to use everything. 
that's because right, yeah. that's the way to get through the get through the winter. The mm. Did I write that? that bit, I think you did. <laughs> I think you handed it to me on a slip of paper. Um, so just just quickly going back to uh, you know sort of inspire people who are thinking of starting a food business. Nick, you, you actually started just with five hundred quid, didn't you, in two thousand and fourteen? I did. Yeah, um, there's a bit of a bet between myself and my co-founder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, from that, just learning, changing quickly, failing quickly as well. If things don't work, don't worry about it. Just try the next thing. That, that's important, isn't it? It's, it's really important. Mm. I, I think British culture, we, we don't embrace failure. I think we're scared of it. Many other cultures do really well at it and and, and celebrate it. I think we're, we're scared what people are going to think about us. So um, yeah, I've actually come off LinkedIn recently because... You're surrounded by positivity and you just want to be honest. You just want to say it's really bad. <laughs> I'm really struggling mentally and physically, uh, but you can't because LinkedIn is all about you know, the, the best in life and Instagram as well. Mm. You portray the best in your life. So I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's very dark. And, and, and if you're going to start your own business, which I truly believe everyone should at least give it a go, uh, just be mindful that it's not as great as you think it's going to be. You're probably going to pay yourself less. You're going to have more stress, no time. Mm-hmm. But... You are doing something that's for you and it's your legacy. And what I can see here is Will is just nodding his way yeah. through what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm definitely on your side. Like, I'm very open and honest with trials and tribulations, you know, the ups and downs and everything. Whereas my wife is American, is a bit more like, no, just fake it till you make it sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's, not very, it's not very British, though, is it? No, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I think it's important. And I think it's important, too, that you can reach out to people when you are struggling uh, to other entrepreneurs because they'll know exactly what you're talking about Absolutely. and they can help you. Definitely. Everyone has been there. And, and there's not, not many things you come across an entrepreneur that has, is the first ever. Yeah. And, and there's a lovely community of people out there who, specifically in the food industry, who want to share their experiences. They'll help you. Yeah, I agree. We get lots of emails from people all over the world who are starting to make jerky or stuff and asking for advice or what do you do if the humidity is too high in your environment and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's quite nice to share the, yeah. as long as they're not like a direct com- customer Co- of ours, uh, you know, yeah, and share the knowledge and... I mean, both um, AJ and and uh, me run businesses. It is hard, and I think when people are very successful, they sort of make it look easy, and, and it isn't really. And I don't think that does a great service to you, making it look easy. I agree with you. I, I think um, exactly what you were saying about groups and collective kind of um, mentality. There, there are different things like um, bread and jam, which is a festival of entrepreneurs, and the whole mission in life is to get food businesses through that first year, isn't it? It's something. Mm-hmm extraordinary like 90% fail in that first year and this festival is all about learning and bringing people in who've done it and saying come on just stay in the seat it's going to be okay I know you're pushing into the darkness but it will start bouncing back it is going to start happening for you. Mm. I I believe that if you can survive the first three years you've got a really good fighting chance okay because things can happen but but I think you've got a good fighting chance but getting through to that first you know, getting through the first three years, mainly because the learning curves are so massive, aren't they? What you have to learn as you go along. The longer you're in it, the, the bigger the uh, the bet becomes. And, mm. you know, Snaffling Pig, where we're at the moment is where we, we struggle with capacity. And so to try to get to that next stage is, well, how do you do it? Have you got the investment to be able to mm. do it? And, and you know, you can't just stop your growth because people want more and more of your product. And so therefore you've got to kind of think, well, how can I evolve and what else can I do differently? Yeah, yeah. Um, my business partner, I actually, at the beginning of COVID, we, we set up a business called Startup Logistics, which helps uh, other food brands deliver their products directly to the consumer because we knew exactly how to do it from Stanford Pig's perspective. So nice. could we spin Help out others. a separate business yeah. from that? Yeah, good. It's a really good idea. 
Well, we'll invite you in in six years' time. <laughs> yes. To see if you're slightly older around the edges. And by then you'd have sold it for multi-million pounds and you'll be, I don't know. Be on a yacht in the up, south of France we'll somewhere. bring you up there, yeah. Yeah, well, I hope so. Well, that's the aim, I suppose, well, at some point. <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. So um, thanks very much, Nick Coleman of Snaffling Pig. We'll uh, do links on, on the website, but basically any supermarket... You'll find their stuff there. Look out for pork crackling, not pork scratchings if you want to keep your teeth. Um, and it's really good, high quality stuff. I would recommend the little puff things. Loving those. Yeah, I like the puff things. Mm, I think I could be quite creative with those, not just eat them. I quite like the cheese and cheeseburger flavoured jerky. Mm. And uh, thank you to Will Yates of Billy Franks. Um, very distinct um, sort of branding. Again, just keep your eyes open. This is good quality stuff. Don't compare it to the other things. It's completely different products. Isn't that not right? It's probably the only thing that's changed since I was here six years ago as we rebranded. Yeah, no, it looks uh, good. Really, really good. So so thank you very much. Um, thank you, AJ. For you, you you probably all know that we're syndicated to all these lovely programmes around the country now. Um, if you want to get uh, us to be syndicated on your radio programme for free, mm-hmm. because we want to... We want to showcase guys like this, don't we? Absolutely. Like Nick and Will. Um, please do contact us on hello at foodtalk.co.uk. And there's hundreds of podcasts. Hundreds. Mm-hmm. As I say, we're, we're, we're even having people back that were here six years ago. So that's how long we've been around. We've got, we've got everything from snail farming to beekeeping. So go to foodtalk.co.uk. Uh, we're going to tuck into some snacks, I Ooh, think. Can't wait. Yes. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.